This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats. Yay! <laughs> In this inaugural episode of Whiskey Cats, we share a bottle of Jim Beam, share our first whiskey memories, and keep you informed of some very important whiskey news. Ladies, what are we drinking today? We're drinking Jim Beam Bourbon, Kentucky Street Bourbon Whiskey. White label. Yeah. So, you know, it's the good stuff. It says the world's number one bourbon. Obviously it is. Excellent. Probably in sales. Probably from my house. There's a whole family on the side. Are they the beams? Yeah, there's seven generations of them. And then it just ended, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, there's they're still alive. Fred No is still alive. So they don't carry the name anymore. There was Jacob Beam, David Beam, the other David Beam. <laughs> Colonel James Beam. Colonel. Uh, T. Jeremiah Beam. Booker No and Fred No. So clearly some lady got in the mix here. Right. But Fucked it all up. Yeah. God damn it. And they didn't even put her on the label. Ladies. She was just like, no, Ladies let my sons do it. it. Uh, or right. some men who couldn't give birth to sons was really a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me some. All right. Nice. It's a a nice twist off. Yeah. You got to get right into it. Here, let me me have your glass there, lady. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Do we want to cheers to our first Whiskey Cats recording? That's right. Cheers. Oh, so good. Classic. I mean, there's a lot of good bourbon out there, but I don't think you can go wrong with Jim Beam. I've been drinking so much Old Granddad lately that it's really, like, I forget how this is so much more spicy. Mm -hmm. The Gold Granddad is a little sweeter. Oh, really? I think it's been a while since I've had some. Can I have a little water? Where I think I'm going to add water to get a little extra flavoring. Open it up like, like a wine. That's right. Like a fine, watery wine. Come here, Jim. <laughs> Get this liquor liquored up. Is this what your grandfather used to drink? Mm-mm. No. We're a Bushmills family. Bushmills, oh, that's, that's right. right. Oh, that's good with some water. Yeah, I mean, I never would drink any... I mean, I've had Jim Beam neat many, many times, but I've never been like, I should really open this one up. <laughs> you know? Hey, bartender. Could you pour me a nice little glass of water? <laughs> Like pair with my beam. Thanks. You can put it in a mini pitcher. Really <laughs> it's a very solid, serviceable bourbon. It's not what I would go to always to drink straight. I love it in a mixed beverage. I love it with a ginger ale. Mm-hmm. It's still very nice right now by itself. It has basically no aftertaste hmm. as far as whiskeys go, I think. I mean, it has a little bit, but I think... A lot of whiskeys really stay with you or just, you know, like yeah. leave that spice on the back of your tongue. Yeah. And this one is just clean, like you, which is why I think it goes with a lot of stuff. It's and all on the front of my mouth. Yeah. We're going to need like a, that's what she said, <laughs> <laughs> marker.
This is our first Whiskey Cats podcast. Kelly, why is it called Whiskey Cats? I had this idea of a podcast. Podcast? <laughs> the casks come, come later. Yeah, they totally come later. So I had this idea for this Whiskey Cats podcast because we, uh, I think the three of us in general, usually get together about once a month to every other week to potentially (laughs) sometimes weekly yes where we normally will sit around and drink some sort of alcoholic beverage true that would range between some sort of whiskey to wine to name your poison of choice (laughs) preach and so you know i thought that it would be a great idea to well, so before the you know podcast thing came to my came to mind, it was you know we all enjoy whiskey, we all enjoy drinking a lot of whiskey, we've enjoyed exploring and tasting new whiskeys, so why not kind of do it together and on a podcast? And I also thought that you know there's a specific lack of women voices that talk about whiskey in general mm-hmm. and so I thought why not us why not why not why not and so whiskey cats came about because well the place that we normally do our drinking is at Heather's house and Heather has a cat named Amos and she should tell us about Amos I'm Heather I guess we should <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi Heather, Heather. <laughs> Uh, yes. So we usually drink at my house. Um, I suppose I'm somewhat centrally located to at least the three of us. And, uh, and I have a big backyard. So that's why we usually drink there in the summertime. And now I have a bar. Thank you, Ikea. She's making air quotes. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) In my living room. So, you know, we've called, that's like, that's our bar. It's it's got bar stools. It's legit. There are, yes, we can say that it is legit because there are bar stools, a a bar table. Mm -hmm. It's a well stocked, well stocked bar. There are glasses. Mm -hmm. There's a bathroom. Yeah, right there. Adjacent. Adjacent bathroom. In fact, it's even a half bath, so it's like a bar bathroom. Exactly. So this is like a legit bar. I've never really thought that through. I know. That's amazing. I didn't either until just now. The point is, there's a cat that comes with this bar, whether you like it or not. He loves people, so anytime the people are around, he will run out, and then he will freak out if you're not paying attention to him because he thinks that it's playtime. Um, he's a black cat, and he has huge fangs, so he's our vampire cat. And we know this because when we sit in the bar in the house, which is in the middle of my long shotgun-style house, uh, the stairs going upstairs are right behind us, and the cat will lean over backwards on the bar showing his fangs and revealing to us the vampire within. And that he is a vicious, vicious animal who will suck us dry. Yeah. Or for cuddles. Or purr, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or purr a lot. Uh, and so he's, he's, play fetch because he's like a dog. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You really, you really just did get a dog. I did. Yeah. He's a puppy. So he's our, he's kind of our mascot. He's like our drinking mascot, basically. He is actually our mascot. Our logo is oh, yeah. Amos. He's literally our mascot. Literally. <laughs> literally literally our, mascot. our mascot. Yes. Correct. So, so that's him in the logo, drinking out of one of my grandfather's uh, old um, I, or uh, low ball glasses with his initials carved on them. They're great and old school. I and love those. Amos is drinking out of one of them for our logo. 
I think one of the things about this podcast that I hope people will enjoy is that we're not experts and we aren't going to pretend to be. We are exploring this on our own. We do like it. We know a little bit about stuff. We do our research and we're all smart ladies. You will learn along with us. I, I think yes. we're, you will teach us too, perhaps. Exactly. I think we're for the whiskey enthusiasts. We are whiskey enthusiasts. And I think we are for other whiskey enthusiasts as well as uh, cat enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could be just a whiskey enthusiast, but like, what's the point of that? And so this is kind of interesting because I think Jen and I are coming from it from the same place, but you did just get into whiskey. Yeah, that's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was trying to think of when I started to drink whiskey and when I really started to, and, and I think this is a distinction between when I started enjoying yeah. drinking mm-hmm. whiskey. Yep. So there's a... There's a bar in D.C. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally blanking on the name. And it's going to drive me nuts. It's on, it was, it's on 17th Street in DuPont. Fox and Hounds. Yeah, Fox and Hounds. Oh. Thank you. First oh, try. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this bar in, in, like, well, in D.C. called, <laughs> called Fox and Hounds. Hounds. Yes, exactly. Called Fox and Hounds. And when I was an intern, we would go there very frequently because they had, at the time, $2.50 mixed rail drinks nice Um, i would be so drunk i was drunk all the time because it was two dollars and fifty cents and fit into my intern budget amaze pants but what is the most amazing thing about fox and hounds is that they give you for your mixed drinks for your rail mixed drinks a full glass so they fill up this glass it's about i don't know what's that four five inches tall Mm -hmm. like like a standard highball glass yeah standard highball glass they fill it with ice but then they pour your rail liquor all the way up to the top and then they give you your little bottle of mixer on the side Mm -hmm. and they say here's your mixed drink that's where the phrase danger bay was invented (laughs) for real oh my god they still do it they still do it um now unfortunately i think they're like Four fifty oh, on happy deal breaker. Hour. But so every time I go back, I'm like, "What do you mean? It's not two dollars and fifty cents for this drink that I have to mix myself." Um, <laughs> wow, you're old now. Yeah. You're like an old woman. Seriously, <laughs> can I get at least like a spoon or something? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> so I think you know, I I started drinking whiskey and Coke or whiskey and diet there. And for some reason, like I would, I went back and forth between whiskey and Coke, whiskey and diet, and whiskey and ginger there. And then I thought, I think because I was drinking a lot of them, I think three in a night, you were like mm-hmm. on borderline. Yeah. Border, borderline. <laughs> of- um, and, that's amazing. And then if you pushed four, you know you were just going to pass out. Because it was like super sicky sweet, I thought that ginger ale was getting too too sweet to me. For me, I moved over to gin and tonics, and so I don't think I ever really Mm. thought of the taste of whiskey. (laughs) 
Because right, because you'd only had it. Yeah, with and Coke ginger and really masks it. Yeah, yeah, even more than Coke, I think. I agree. And then you know, I met I met Mal, and for whatever reason, he is very into Manhattan's. Which I have also grown to enjoy okay. and love. He's your soulmate, old man love. That's I know. Why. <laughs> we should, inter- should we introduce characters? Mal is Kelly's husband. Yes, Mal, Mal is my husband. An Irishman. Old man soulmate. Old yeah. man soulmate. Correct. All of these things are correct. <laughs> he introduced me to the Manhattan. And yeah, I, I kind of grew to love it. There, there's cherries in a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. There's Magic. sweet vermouth in a Manhattan. And there's delicious, delicious bourbon. Yeah. And so now... You know what? Doesn't need to be a Manhattan. Doesn't need to be a mixed drink. Perfectly happy to drink my bourbon uh, on the rocks mm-hmm. or straight up. So you like paired it back slowly, like <laughs> peeled the layers back yeah. until you got to the pure ingredient. The pure soul of it. Yeah. I definitely started with whiskey and Diet Coke also. Because I think the first time, you know, my family was not a drinking family. And when I was a kid, if we drank, it was always beer. Except if you went skiing, your mountain drink was always like a Jack and Diet, like whiskey and diet. Still to this day, when I first take a sip of a, of a whiskey and diet, I feel like I'm in a ski lodge. Like you go for a couple of runs and then you come in and you have a Jack and Diet and you go back out. It's like the, it's a, it's the winter mountain drink in New England. But I've been trying to think about when, when I went to, because all I can remember is that eventually some, at some point, yeah, I started putting less and less soap, like Diet Coke. And then I started just putting in like soda and then I was like, oh, wait, it actually tastes amazing. <laughs> Let me just start drinking this. And now, neat rocks, soda, depending on the whiskey, I will drink it all. Sounds good to me. What was your first? As an adult, we'll come back to that because I have a really hard time remembering when it transitioned from one to the other. Right. But whiskey itself is like a family thing because mm. we're Irish. And some other things, but mostly Irish. And my grandfather, we'll call him the patriarch, though we would never actually do that in our family because <laughs> we were all women except for my grandfather, and he would do anything for us. So, <laughs> you know, he he was like, he's like the man in our family because they had three daughters, and my mom had two daughters, and my aunt had a daughter, so we were ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> but so he was always at the head of the table, and, and he, um, you know, we would have St. Patrick's Day. That was the holiday that we always loved growing up because it was the relaxed holiday. Like we would make a big meal, but there were no gifts. There were very few decorations. It wasn't compromised by Hallmark and all sorts of other things. And you this is good at the parades. Um, you, we didn't really have, I mean, this is Southern California, so it's not a big like Irish established <laughs> place. There probably was a parade, but it's not like a big deal. But I like that he carried from the New England, the tradition of making it an actual meal. Yeah. Like it's an event. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we, I have my great-grandmother's Irish soda bread recipe, which mm-hmm. I had made for you guys before. It's delicious. And, um, you know, we make corned beef and and uh, we would make hash the next day for leftovers. Anyway, the, the penultimate thing that you have at dinner, you don't have it with dinner, you have it afterwards, because there's no real, like, dessert for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And so you would have Irish coffee, obviously. So we have, like, traditional Irish coffee glasses. They're, like, real small and they're they, they're kind, they're almost, like... Not tulip shaped, but kind of like bulb shaped, mm-hmm. and um, you have to make really, really dark coffee, and you have to mix it properly. In fact, I sort of forgot about this until my mom visited me recently in DC, and we got super drunk and went to the coop, which is you know right near my house, and we, we were like, 
It's like old times. Let's order Irish coffee. <laughs> Who knows why? Who the fuck orders Irish coffee at a bar? <laughs> but there we were. And so the guy totally, ladies yeah. do. <laughs> to be fair, it's like a restaurant bar. So it wasn't super weird. Like they actually had coffee made, but he still made it totally wrong because you have to add the cream in a certain way for it to mix properly. Because um, it's like whipped cream. Uh, it's not regular cream. Where's whiskey come in? Oh, well, you just, you put the whiskey in first, and then you pour the coffee on top, and then I'm like, you... do you brew the coffee with the whiskey? No, no, no. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like a classic mixed drink, basically. So whiskey first, yeah. coffee, and real cream. Yeah. And, and you know, proper one is more like, it's not like a mug of coffee, you know, it's almost like a one-to-one ratio of hmm. coffee and whiskey. Maybe a little more coffee. Mm-hmm. And the cream on top. So anyway, that's what we, you know, so... My, like, and I never drank when I was a kid or a teenager or even most of the way through college. We would get, you know, a sip of Irish coffee at St. Patrick's Day. So that was my, so to me, whiskey is just like that nostalgia mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. and not meant to be drunk at any other time. In fact, we had a bottle of this Jim Beam. I can see it now. It was over the cabinet, over the stove, out of the reach of the young children. Of course. course. That's where the liquor cabinet was, which the liquor cabinet was a series of like eight bottles that were all six times older than I was. <laughs> About. <laughs> Some really quality, quality yeah. liquor that was being aged up there. <laughs> How does it not get drunk? Like, well, single mom can't drink. I guess. Good so, point. you know, point. and we didn't, you know, we were like little straight edge kids, so That's we didn't true. drink it. Right. So it was this bottle, the bigger one, of Jim Beam that just sat up there forever, and it would come down on St. Patrick's Day. But then as an adult, like, I don't really remember, because I, I didn't drink until I was a junior in college. Then I drank a lot. And, but, you yeah. know, but, but you don't like to drink yet. You're just drinking because you're young you're, and stupid. And, and so you're you drinking, drink, like, like, bush light. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like, bottom-level vodka. Yeah, and pop-off. Yeah. Pop-off. Oh, whoa. We would get pop-off, and whoa. I went to school in Ohio, high C. What like jugs of high C. Yep. It's basically like Kool-Aid. Oh, oh, like I thought it was like an <laughs> I thought it was like a liquor beverage. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Like that's the street name for some like <laughs> some some moonshine. <laughs> also actual high C. Yeah. <laughs> the dorm room classic cocktail. <laughs> like, names for like street drugs, like special K. Oh like high C. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. Okay, so you would take the high C, and what are you doing with the high C? Well, you would put it in your pop-off vodka. Yes. Yes. That's 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 pretty much why I can't drink vodka anymore, Mm -hmm. because we would take a handle of pop-off and mix it with cranberry juice, and I can't. That too, yeah. Oh, we used to do vodka crayons all the time. Yeah. Cranberry was like a step up, you know? That was like when we were being fancy, we would get real cranberry juice instead of the high C from... Uh, what was the name of the Kroger. 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 Oh, Kroger's. Yep. Also had Kroger's in the South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so anyway, so my point is that, you know, you just drink like shit for a long time. And it wasn't really until I moved here, you know, but I would I would still drink vodka tonics. That was sort of my go-to because I don't like gin. So vodka tonics was my drink. But then I think at some point I decided I needed something that I could order at a bar and would sound like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yes. And I think that's when I really started drinking whiskey because whiskey to me sound or frankly bourbon. Bourbon. Yep. bourbon sounds like something that an adult drinks. And even more than that, that like um 
not edgy, but like like a tough person drinks. No, I totally you know? agree because I went through like a vodka soda sa- stage where I thought that was like a grown up drink. Like mm-hmm. I can go and order a vodka soda, but then I was like, now I'm that like girl. I'm so girly buying, getting my vodka soda because I need to have white liquor. It wasn't a Cosmo, at least. No, See, and that's thank the God thing is I that, never went through that. Phase. And I think that's what was happening at the same time. Wasn't yeah. that that was the Cosmo phase of America of America's young women at the time? Damn, sex, sex in the city. city. Yeah. <laughs> So that's when I started drinking it, I think. And then it just took me, I, I can't identify a moment when it went back, but I just, it was the same thing. You start peeling it back and then you're just like, I actually genuinely enjoy whiskey in all its forms. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. bourbon. I think that, like, mm-hmm. I remember early on thinking, man, this is like, has just a touch of sweetness, mm-hmm. but, and they're so different, all the different ones that you try, and I would love it. Yeah, I don't think I actually realized there was a distinct difference between bourbon and whiskeys and scotches until just this this very past year when well, we, when we've started drinking and tasting a lot of different whiskeys mm-hmm. and, and everything. Um, it's been, I've enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to explore. Mm-hmm. There are so many varieties and they are so delicious. That's why we are going to be drinking a lot of them. Cheers. Cheers to that. Now that you know how we've all come to love whiskey, we want to hear about your whiskey memories. We want to hear how you fell in love with this drink. In each episode, we'll share your whiskey stories. To kick us off, here's Jamie telling us about her first taste of bourbon. Why have you never had whiskey? Well, you know, I didn't... You know, I, I started drinking at the age of 19, and I'm, I think my first drink was a Jenny's Cream Ale. I mean, I know. <laughs> I didn't grow up in a very cultured environment, so, uh, you know, I went to, went to school, and we would drink Miller Lite. I never really enjoyed drinking. I mean, I would do it socially just to do it. And then um, after college, I dabbled a little bit. And some craft beer, but still didn't really like it. But then I, getting my 30s, I started getting into red wine. And so I, I started to learn a little bit more about that and to become a little bit more cultured. But I've never really had um, opportunities to, you know, try different li- liquors. liquors. Um, but then it was suggested to me tonight to try whiskey for the first time. And do you know what type of whiskey you had? What did I you have? have? Four roses, small batch bourbon. Oh, I had bourbon. I didn't have whiskey. <laughs> she wanted a drink, and, and we were having. You were all having, we were vodka. having vodka. We were going to start with a with a clear liquor that I was mm-hmm. fading between, and then Jamie said, "I just want something on the rocks." I did. I and wanted I to try said, something. Well, I wanted something <laughs> badass, which is yes, pretty much. I wanted something badass. So, I've just gone through a terrible breakup, and it's one of those things where the, the breakup has occurred over the course of five months, and <laughs> it's been overlapping into my personal life, professional life, and I've just kind of had it. So I wanted to have a, a really badass drink, and so she no she fillers, fixed it yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> no more bullshit. Just like, <laughs> just give it to me, and um, she put it in the in the glass with the with the ice cube, and so I took a little sip, and it burned like hell. And then I decided, and then I thought, well, maybe I should just stick with red wine because that's what I know. But then she said, no, just wait until the ice cube melts a little bit and so I did and then it just tasted smoother and (laughs) and all of a sudden (laughs) I finished it 
And uh, I think it, it, you know, made me feel better psychologically and also physically. So then I had three more. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jamie. We're happy to hear we made you a whiskey convert. Now we want to hear from you. What's your favorite whiskey story? Call us and tell us about your whiskey memories. Do you have a favorite whiskey story? Do you remember the first time you had whiskey? What about when you first started to enjoy whiskey? Call us at 202-760-2009 to leave your story. That's 202-760-2009. Just to recap, we are drinking Jim Beam. <laughs> we are about... Oh, I thought we were doing better than that. We're about a halfway through the bottle. Well, we can work on it. Yeah, we can work on it. <laughs> we talk about some whiskey news. We have a couple of news items to discuss. One of my favorite stories, one of the bizarre pieces of whiskey news in the last week was that 15,480, to be specific, <laughs> bottles of whiskey. Just don't forget that 80 important that's like several cases uh were stolen in daylight by men with iron bars it was jameson it was in ireland he's irish i don't know why you married one and thieves thieves armed nothing armed with iron bars what does that mean well, again, if it's, you know... Like, off like my a, window? Yeah. <laughs> it just, like, ripped them out. But again, like, if it's in, like, Ireland or the, the, the <laughs> UK, they don't, they don't have guns. They just use a stick and a ball. Exactly. <laughs> 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 who, can, who can afford a gun? <laughs> well, nobody has guns in Europe, don't they? Exactly. Just, like, not even the police have guns. Mm-hmm. So that's just us. American Yanks. Yeah, I guess so. so anyway. But anyway, so they, anyway, they, stole, they stole 15,000 something something in 80. 480 mm-hmm. bottles of Jameson. And uh, also an unknown number of six bottle cases of Bombay Sapphire Gin, because who gives a shit about counting that? <laughs> oh my god. And six bottle They're cases. They're like, a little something extra. Yeah. <laughs> Grab one of those Bombays. Yeah. And six bottle cases of Jack were mm. also stolen. And they really fucked Just, up the ratios there, I think. Yeah. The believe, they believe the alcohol will be offered for sale on the black market to, in the run-up to Christmas. Black Jack market, Daniels Christmas black market. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't know. That is a, like, how do you... How bad is the economy over there? I mean, anyway, it's kind of bad. It's, I think it's a bad shit. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. It's Sorry. Bad. Sorry, Ireland. Right. Yeah. So that's my start of a ridiculous... It's not really whiskey news so much as weird Irish news. But, but I guess... I mean, like... Also, how do you traffic that many individual bodies bottles of whiskey? Yeah, like one by one. Like that could, that will take you the rest of your life. I, mean, I think I could call you up and be like, "Hey, Heather." So, um, <laughs> I really that don't is think- not how you talk to me. As soon as you started talking like that, I'd be like, "What are you trying to traffic this time?" <laughs> it's not organs this time. I have bottles of whiskey. It's amazing. Then she'd be I mean, like, get that shit out of here. I'm not helping you traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't ever come to me with Jameson. That's just mean. Um, <laughs> like add some ginger ale and make it slightly interesting. No. 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 Jameson's just terrible. 
It is terrible. All right, terrible. but did they? Okay, did they? They steal the truck? Like they? they no, they brought their own truck. Oh, and loaded where did it they into their truck, the, like a warehouse. Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I mean, thought they loaded it. I thought this was like a roadside. They got their own lorry, like their own like. Yeah, lorry. Whatever it's called. Sorry. I think like a semi in America. Right, but I mean, but they don't really have semis because they're tiny roads. They so have it's lorries. Like a lorry. Well, right. Okay. All right. Corrected. It's two trucks. They took two trucks and they loaded them in. Interesting. Okay. With See, their iron bars. Now that we were talking about the Arrow CWT drama, yes, I just more. pictured it as happening. You know, like a, a set. Like they blocked the roads and then they hit them with the iron bar because who has actual tools? And they just took the truck. Yeah. And then the Arrow no. chased them with so arrows. They, so they took the time to load fifteen thousand bottles. Wait, how many people were involved in this operation? Hold, please. I need to. I don't thinking six a case right, or twelve like, a case. I mean, that's, that's a lot of boxes. That's a lot of boxes. It's also heavy boxes, right? Yeah, you gotta have some real men for that job. Mm-hmm. Also, it's only two men. Two men. Okay. Oh wait, three more men arrived, and the employees were tied up. Oh my god, they were tied up. <laughs> they were like, tied. Totally this is like a teen up. drama. It totally is. I would watch an episode of that straight up. I know. Can we pitch this to the CW? Yes. <laughs> they would buy it in five seconds. Because that's what they do. Oh, my God. And then there's, like, this random general view of Dublin. As the photo. <laughs> in this in this <laughs> Yahoo News article. It's a region. It's, like, a general view <laughs> of the financial district in Dublin. <laughs> it's a photo from 2013. Like, what? I mean, again. <laughs> Way to report it. I, Yahoo. So, so I did some quick math in my head. Oh, excellent. And 15,000 cases... <laughs> Is uh, fifteen thousand bottles rounded down is still or rounded up? Was it fourteen thousand? I don't know your math it's, that you did. You did it in your head. I well, I'm basing it off the real number, but I'm saying I did fifteen thousand round down, bottles. rounded down, divided by if there's six per case, that's still twenty five hundred cases. That's nuts. That is nuts. And they had amazing. This is like a week long job. Five guys because they okay. They clearly had to have more help. Not according to Yahoo News. UK I think it's a bigger Ireland. conspiracy than we're we have than we have dug up. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna, gonna have to start an investigative <laughs> unit of whiskey cats. <laughs> you have access to the journalists. Okay. Can you please assign right. someone to this? I'll get on that. Get clinic on it. <laughs> All right. To more related news. So in more serious whiskey news. Serious. Well, I'm using my serious. Are you voice. saying that? 15,000 bottles of whiskey is not serious. I think it's kind of We serious. turned it into a CW episode. So clearly, <laughs> basically the rule for this for Whiskey Cats goes like this. If a news item can be turned into a CW episode, goes in the not serious pile. Fine. Mm, this is this serious is gonna be business. A bad balance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, okay. So Kings County, which is a um, distillery in East Williamsburg. So they have made a peated bourbon. Oh, why would you do that? Why would <laughs> this you? This is tell? exactly what I am wondering. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. So I think we have to be very clear right now in that I think am I the only one of the three of us that enjoys like a nice smoked peated scotch? I will occasionally try it out of like, oh, this is an historic scotch that I should try. But there is no way in hell you're going to get me to drink that all night. Like, no. I'll have a sip, maybe two. And I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, to me, it's like, 
beers that are way too hoppy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a taste that just sticks in your mouth, and I can't get rid of it. It's especially the smell for me. I have mm. a really hard time when I raise it up and give it a whiff, and I just, oh, it's like something has gone wrong in this glass. Interesting. Because I, I, I think there's, like, a trend with distillers trying to make whatever it is like they're trying to get like another flavor another type another whatever bottle out of their barrel and so i think this is it's it's going to be a bigger trend that a lot of american bourbons and a lot of american whiskeys are going to start to have more peated they need to carry warning labels because that is exactly what you're not buying when you buy bourbon you're buying the completely other end of the spectrum of whiskey right so what they're saying they say that they're that the bourbon conforms legally to the requirements to be called bourbon. So it's made of what it's supposed to be made of and aged the way it's supposed to be aged. But it uses a malted barley that's been exposed to peat in the malting process, which is more common to scotch whiskey. So it's a hybrid between bourbon and scotch, which just sounds terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I would be curious to try it because I have no idea right. what that would taste like. Right. I mean, peat in a scotch and peat in a bourbon? I know. I can't really... And it's, it does say, which I appreciate, this guy, so they interviewed the dude who made it. The peated bourbon will be more familiar to bourbon drinkers than scotch drinkers. The peat is quite subtle. So I would describe it as a bourbon that tastes less sweet than most bourbons with a little more of a bold, robust flavor, which to me is like a rye. That's Drink what a rye. I was going to say. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, ugh. Yeah. I mean, which I, I like. I like rye, so that makes me slightly intrigued because I do, I know that you, Heather, well, do not. Well, you you like them more than, to me, rye is the way that you are with scotch, that I will drink yeah. it sometimes. And I found rye that I do like, but again, I won't drink it all night. And yeah. I would also prefer it in probably a mixed drink. I definitely like it with ice. Wait, I love a rye. I have to ice. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, it sounds like these guys at Kings County are, are experimenting sort of the way the Blue Jacket guys do with beer. Like they're just trying all kinds of random recipes, which I totally applaud and think is very cool. But I don't think that Pete belongs in bourbon. Here's a piece from Heather that I haven't seen yet. Mm. That, and I like the way the sentence starts. Humans started getting drunk 10 million years ago. Tell me more. Well, thank God. <laughs> well, I will have to attribute that particular statement to Twitter user Pour Me Coffee, yeah. who everybody should be following. Obviously. And, you know, you asked us for asked us for whiskey news, and right after that, he posted that, and I was like, well, thank you. So it's not about whiskey specifically. <laughs> um, so these anthropologists or whatever. Um, some scientists. Some, some science <laughs> people. At New Mexico State, huh? Um, you love those people. Um, <laughs> she just made the worst face ever. <laughs> like wrong school, but that's fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so it looks like humans had the ability to metabolize ethanol, allowing people to consume moderate amounts of alcohol without getting sick, that that relies on a set of proteins. And some of these primates have that protein, but it looks like... So research, researchers didn't know how long ago we had formed this um, protein, this, this really this enzyme that allowed us to break down. Mm-hmm. They thought it didn't arise until 9,000 years ago, but huh. it turns out we were able to do it 10 million years ago. Sorry, See, but- how long have humans been around? <laughs> That's not what we're, 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 we're both looking at our resident scientist, and she's now consulting the Google. So and let's be clear. <laughs> I'm a scientist of rocks and not of people. Yeah. 
And as far as people goes, we're about the same quality of science here. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so your desire to consume alcohol as well as your body's ability to break down the ethanol that makes you tipsy dates back about 10 million years, researchers have discovered. The new finding not only helps shed light on the behavior of our primate ancestors, but might also explain why alcoholism or even the craving for a single... Around the same time, the earth cooled off. Here you go, Jen. Hey. Food sources changed, and this primate ancestor started to explore life on the ground. What year was that? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, a really long 50 time million ago. years ago. What about, so they showed that most of the ancient forms of, it's called ADH4 is the enzyme, found in primates as far as 50 million years ago, only broke down small amounts of ethanol very slowly. But about 10 million years ago, uh, the team reports in this, a common ancestor of humans, chimpanzees and gorillas, evolved a version of the protein that was 40 times more efficient at ethanol metabolism. Yeah, I'm sorry. That headline is so misleading because this is not humans. This is like... No, but it's saying the Long past our. Primates. Oh yeah. Well, sorry. That's what it meant. It meant our way ancestors. So, from a evolutionary standpoint, why would primates need to process ethanol? So it says if you did not have this new mutation that allowed you to do that, the ethanol would build up quickly in your blood, and you'd get inebriated much faster. Uh, well, this easy inebriation, he says, would been a, would have been a disadvantage to the monkeys without the mutation, making them more easily to get sick or drunk off fruit, right. enough so that they couldn't defend their territory and seek out food. Stuff that started to ferment. So, like, Got they're it. eating, they're trying to get whatever nutrients they can. They're like, well, this peach doesn't look so bad. I think I'll eat it. Oh, wait, I'm trash. Now I'm dead. And so primates with this new mutation could get more food and thus self-selection. Man. That's interesting. Evolution. Or evolution. Thank God for it. So basically, the reason why we can metabolize and enjoy alcohol is our need to forage and eat fermented fruit. It says that uh, the discovery might explain why human brains evolved to link pleasure pathways with alcohol consumption because it's associated with a key food source. This is amazing. That is amazing. I like that article. <laughs> thank science. you. Thank you, science, for uh, explaining science. why we like alcohol. Huh. We will cheers to you, science. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Cats. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at whiskey underscore cats or email us at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Honey, baby, won't you cuddle near? Let sweet mama whisper in your ear. I'm wild about that.